Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Tuesday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad you're joining us today, and uh, welcome to part two of The Real Meaning of Christmas. Well, this is Tuesday, just a few days before Christmas in the year of our Lord, 2021. And uh, this year is flying by, and uh, we're going to be in 2022 in just a matter of about a week and a half, and I can't wait for the new year to begin. I love new beginnings. Well, maybe in the new year, you want to start something different. Maybe in the new year, you want to believe that God's going to do some great things in your life. And I want to let you know, I have an opportunity for you. I would like to send you a devotional book. This is a devotional book by Randy Freeze called Believe. It is a 365-day devotional. And I'm giving this book to everyone in my church who requests a copy of it. And I'd like to also give you the opportunity. I'm not going to talk about this in January. This is only something that's going to be offered this month in December. And there's just a few more days of this month, a few more days of this year. So if you'd like to have a copy of this book, shoot me a text at 252-267-2365. Or you can call the church office. The church office is 757-421-7500. I'll mail that to you. The only thing I need is your name and your mailing address. Now listen, I won't harass you. I won't ask you to send any money or anything like that. I'll just send you the book. If you will read it, I'll send it to you. How about that, okay? That's the only thing I ask. As you receive this book, read it, okay? And also, we're giving a challenge to memorize 30 verses in the new year. I'll send you those verses too. If you'd like to memorize those verses that I believe will help you to believe the right thing about the new year, how to have your mind in the right spot. And uh, you know, Jesus said, what if you ask in prayer, believing it will be done. So we must believe, right? And if you have your belief in the right place, that's in Christ, in his word, you will see him do amazing things in your life. Well, let's talk about the meaning of Christmas, right? Christmas is an opportunity for us to know God's purpose. We looked at the eyes of Joseph yesterday and how Joseph had many options to consider when he found out that Mary was having a baby. As he's pondering these options, the angel appears to him in a dream and reveals to him the purpose that God had for his life. You know, as you think about purpose, our purpose can never be found within us because we did not create ourselves. We always find our purpose from the one who created us. Whether that be an inanimate object like our car, you know, the one who manufactures the car, the one who designs the car, always gives you a car manual. And it lets you know how everything works, how everything is put together, how to take care of that vehicle so that it will run to its top performance and that it'll give you a long uh, life of service. And so follow the manual. The same is true in our lives. We should follow the manual for our lives, the manual for us is the Bible, basic information before leaving the earth. So Joseph found the purpose that God had for him, and he found that it was revealed to him by an angel. And the angel says, now you are given a purpose and you are to raise as the surrogate dad for Jesus. You are to raise him and you're to name him when he's born, Jesus. Now don't be afraid, Joseph, because God is right behind all that is happening in your life. Don't be afraid. Realize that you are part of a big plan to bring about salvation to all of humanity because that baby Jesus, that name of Jesus is going to save people from their sins. And then we looked at the life of Mary. 
From Joseph, we learn God has a purpose for us. And from the life of Mary, we discover that we can trust God's promises. Mary was greatly troubled, and she wondered what kind of greeting this might be as this angel appears to her. And the angel says to her, four words, the same four words that the angel said to Joseph, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. So the angel explains what's going to happen. Mary, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to birth to a son. You're going to call him Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign forever. His kingdom will never end. Listen, if you're part of the family of God, you're part of a kingdom that will never end. And he will be this way. Uh, Mary says, well, how's this going to be? How am I going to have this child, she's asking? The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that one that is going to be born will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth was also going to have a baby in her old age, and she was already in her sixth month. And then Luke 137. This is a verse I would encourage you to memorize. Luke 137 says, For no word from God will ever fail. Oh, I'm so glad for that. Sometimes I say things and they don't come to fruition, but everything that God says will never fail. You can go to bank on it. What is God promising us? I think some of the same promises that God gave to Mary. God delivers us from fear. You know, that's a promise that he gives us. It says, do not be afraid. Mary, you're right in the middle of God's will. You're trusting God's promises, and as a result of trusting these promises, you are delivered from evil. You know, we do right. Even when the results may not be what we expected, God and his plan will come through. Job said this, I know that you can do all things and that your purpose will never be thwarted. Listen, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. The Holy Spirit comes upon us at the point of conversion, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, God's protection is over us. God promises us that he'll be taking care of us, so we have nothing to be afraid of. He has placed his favor on us. When you get discouraged, just remember God's favor is on you. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. You still mess up, but God's favor is still on you. You know, throughout life, there are times where I get so disappointed with myself. I get so discouraged with myself. I say, man, why did I do something so stupid? Why did I say something so stupid? But I want you to know that God's favor is upon you and upon me, those who are followers of Christ. Our enemies will not triumph over us because God's favor is upon us. God protects us from failure. Remember that verse that I asked you to memorize, Luke 135? No word from God will ever fail. Jesus put it this way. You know, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Matthew 25. And it's talking about what's going to happen in the future. Jesus says, I tell you that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about the day, nor the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. No word of God will pass away. His words will never end. 
We just had seven families join our church this past week, and we have a class that we put together for new members. And and uh, kind of toward the end of the class, I asked for questions, and and one of the guys in the class said, "Well, I believe the Bible is the word of God, and I believe that God established the Bible. And you know, the Bible took about fifteen hundred years to put it together, and and it was established or written by over forty authors, and there's no contradiction. And uh, and so his question was, well, how do we know there's not going to be another addition to the Bible. You know, maybe a thousand years from now, or uh, or there'll be another chapter or another book added to the Bible. And I says, well, the reason we know that it's a complete canon of Scripture is because Jesus said that it was a complete canon of Scripture. In the book of Revelation, he talks about the fact that there's something going to happen on God's calendar. So I want you to know when the Bible was written, even though it was revealed to us in written form, parts of it 2,000 years ago, uh, parts of it a little over 2,000 years ago, as it was revealed to us, it appears that it's happening at a certain period in time, like the Gospels. But John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When you think about time, we think on a linear time, but God has no time concept. Time was created for man. So it appears that the Bible is being written in a specific time frame so that we can put an identity around it. But really, there's really no time frame for it to be written. It was revealed at a certain time in our history, but it's always been. The full 66 books that we call the Bible is the complete canon because the book of Revelation even tells us what's going to happen at the end of what we call human time. You see, again, God has no concept really of time. He invented time or he created time for our benefit. There is really no such thing as time in the economy of God. There is a process of events that happen, and so we know what's going to happen in the end. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. I say all that to drive home the point that no word from God will ever fail. We have just uh, completed the year 2020. Now we're in 2021, getting ready to go into 2022. In 2020, during the hardest moments of that particular year, Bible searches soared online. I mean, a record number of people turned to the scriptures and they wanted to find out what passages would address their fears, what passages would talk about healing and justice. The popular YouVersion Bible app saw searches increase by 80% in 2020, totaling nearly 6 million worldwide. The most popular search verse was Isaiah 41.10, do not fear. Uh, when you think about that verse, the number one verse in all of the search engines under the version of the Bible was unbelievably popular. The second most popular verses in the United States and in India and South Africa and in the Netherlands and in the Philippines was Philippians 4.8, which starts out, do not be anxious. And in Kenya, Romans 8.28 was the third most popular verse. In all things, God works for our good. The founder of the Version Bible said, Through every hardship, people continue to seek God and turn to the Bible for strength, peace, and hope. 
While 2020 is a year so many say they'd like to forget, we see it as a year that people remembered God and His Word. They used a Bible app, and they were looking for answers. Overall, this Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, tracked 43.6 billion chapters in the Bible being read in 2020, with over a half a billion verses being shared, highest number on record. Listen, the Word of God will endure forever. No word from God will ever fail. So in our times of sorrow, in our times of grief, in our times of confusion, let's turn to the Word of God because that protects us from failure. That's where we find the promises of God given to us. Well, there's one final meaning of Christmas that we've got to explore today. You know, the true meaning of Christmas is that I can know God's purpose for me. I can trust God's promises. Number three, I can enjoy God's presence. Let's look at the Christmas story through the eyes of the shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 14. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. I reckon I'd be too, right? But the angel said to them, these same four words, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Well, this is probably the most popular section of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. You know, Charles Schultz, who is the founder of the animated Christmas story, A Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, that program has been airing since 1965. Charles Schultz insisted that Linus read the Christmas story in that original Charlie Brown Christmas. When it was first produced, there were those who didn't want to have the Charlie Brown Christmas program aired on their stations. And so two of the producers came to Charles Schultz and says, now listen, if we could tweak the program just a little bit and, uh, and, and leave out that part where Linus you know, strolls to the center stage and, and he reads the biblical account of the meaning of Christmas. I mean, it's kind of a moving scene. I mean, Linus drops, you know, his little blanket that he always carried with him and he starts to quote the Christmas story. Well, Charles Schultz remembered at this time that all of the major networks were hesitant because they thought that people might get offended by having the reading of Luke chapter 2. Charles Schultz says, if that scene is not in the program, I don't want to have a Charlie Brown Christmas aired at all. We'll finally find a network that says, okay, we'll take it as it was written. Linus strolling onto the center stage, reading the biblical account of the meaning of Christmas. As you think about that story, because of the determination of Charles Schultz, that program has now been aired on every network for the last 57 years years. Why is it so powerful? Because that story reminds us of God's presence in our lives. 
You see, when we're fearful, we should walk in faith. The opposite of fear is not courage. The opposite of fear is walking in faith. All the shepherds were terrified until they realized what was the good news and who was behind the good news. I want you to know that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. When we are walking in faith, all fear is eradicated. So when we're fearful, we ought to look for the good, the good news, which would be for all people. Are you a recipient of the good news of the gospel? That's what the gospel is called. It's called the good news, and it's for all people. That is, it's available for all. Listen, if you're a recipient of the good news, you don't have to be walking around in fear. You can walk in faith. When you are a recipient of the good news, you will start looking for good in the lives of those around you. When you are filled with fear, I have an antidote for fear. When you are filled with fear, start praising God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share some of the benefits of praising God. As we think about praising God, the shepherds were told to give glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all on whom his favor rests. Now, we don't know if the shepherds joined in the angels singing. We generally don't think of shepherds as singing, but I've discovered that there is power in praise. As I lift up my voice in praising God, it does something to me. It eliminates the fear in my life. It was many years ago that a 13-year-old by the name of Natalie Gilbert was asked to sing the Star-Spangled Banner. Oh, this was a dream come true for her. She was going to sing the national anthem at a nationally televised NBA Western Conference playoff game. As I said, it was a dream come true. But what happened on the day of her performance turned to be more like a nightmare. On April 25th, 2003, Natalie bravely stood alone at midcourt at Portland's Rose Garden Arena. As she began to belt out the familiar words of the national anthem before a capacity crowd, something happened. Her mind went blank. She forgot the words. Closing her eyes and shaking her head, she appeared to be on the verge of tears. At that moment, Morris Cheeks, the head coach of the Trailblazers, walked toward her. Cheeks put his arm around the little girl and began singing with her. He said, I don't even know if I know all the words, but as many times as I have heard the national anthem, I just went over and I continue to sing. Cheeks told CBS Sportsline, the words started coming back to me and I just tried to help her out. As he reminded the girl of the lyrics that she had forgotten, he encouraged the crowd to sing along. They did. Together, they made it all the way through the end to that last little phrase, the home of the brave. You know, that name of Jesus, the name Emmanuel, means God with us. Now, I reckon if God is with us, who could be against us? Man, are you stressed today? Singing is a simple and effective way to reduce stress in your lives. Both mentally and physically, there are so many benefits to being able to sing praises unto the Lord. You know, I've learned that there's some physical benefits to singing praises unto the Lord. Did you know that as you are physically singing, it helps to strengthen your immune system? 
Ah, so in the name of good health, why don't you sing? Yeah, that's right. Researchers at the University of Frankfurt tested a group of those who were singers before and after one hour of singing. They found that their antibodies would raise in their body as they were singing, and it had the ability to fight diseases. Unbelievable. You see, when you sing, you give your lungs a workout. This is especially recommended for those who are elderly, the people that may have extra need for that extra boost in their immune system. Uh, You know, as you sing, it does something for your vocal cords. It does something for your lungs. Singing helps to improve your posture. You see, proper singing techniques include planting your feet firmly underground and not slouching over with your shoulders. You know, these postures can quickly become a habit for singers. Ah, there's some physical benefits to singing praises unto the Lord, but there's also some emotional benefits and some mental benefits. You know, singing is called the natural antidepressant. When you sing, your body releases these endorphins, these chemicals that make you feel happy. So the next time you're feeling down, break out into your favorite song. Singing also helps you to lower stress levels. When you are stressed, There's a hormone called cortisol in your body, and that increases. Singing is found to reduce that level of cortisol in your body. It eases the tension. It helps you to relax. Singing also helps you to improve the flow of blood and the oxygen to your brain. This can improve your mental alertness, your concentration. It can even help you with your memory. You know, music is that great way for our brain to be engaged. Well, there's some other things that go along with singing, not only does it help us emotionally and physically and and mentally, there are some social benefits to singing. They are huge. It can help to boost your confidence. In fact, people that suffer from stage fright are advised to sing in front of their family or friends before they do a, a live performance. Singing is also very good for improving your communication skills. According to one study, they discovered that the neurodevelopment of children as they were sung to improved their brain development. So singing to babies helps to prepare their brains for language. You know, we have an early learning center at our church along with a daycare and a school that goes up just through K-5. But one of our teachers is a retired teacher uh, from the city of Chesapeake, and she loves these babies. And she decided that in her retirement years, that she would be a blessing to infants. And so she works with us and, uh, and these little babies. And, and sometimes I'll quietly sneak into our early learning center building. And as I walk into that building, I will see this woman rocking back and forth with an infant in her arms, just singing to the children. You know, singing helps your brain to develop. It helps to expand your capacity for language. I want to encourage you to sing praises unto the Lord. You know, I was just a child. I remember my dad singing to us. I remember my brother, who's younger than I am, being rocked by my dad as he sang hymns to him. You know, it's just amazing that influence of hymns being sung. One of the hymns that my dad would sing, and my dad was not by any stretch of the imagination a good singer, right? He understood the concept of making a joyful noise unto the Lord. 
But one of the songs that he used to love to sing, as a matter of fact, my dad did some song leading at the church. You remember back in the day when you had song leaders, and some churches still do that today, uh, they have somebody that gets up and, and they lead the congregation. It's almost like a choir, right? You have uh, that main person leading the congregation. Well, for many years, my, my dad actually did that uh, and for our church. But I think one of his favorite songs was a song that he'd often sing to us as kids. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish that old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then it'll call me someday to my home far away where his glory forever I'll share. And I'll cherish the old rugged cross to my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Oh, in this blessed Christmas season, I want you to know you can trust that God's presence will be with you. You can trust that the promises that he has declared, you can go to bank on those promises. You can know that he's going to reveal his purpose to you. Well, thank you for listening to this broadcast. I'm praying for you today. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember... In Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.